Hello everyone and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 137. You know, it seems to be in the regular ups and downs of life that we learn about ourselves and other people. I mean, this is where we grow spiritually and emotionally. Every conversation, every interaction, every family gathering, a meeting, any time we interact with people, we can learn a lot about ourselves, particularly when you're criticised and all is not smooth. Now, that seems kind of a strange thing to say in some way, but it appears to be the way we learn when things are not going smoothly. It's, for example, how we react when we are criticised or how we react when we're misunderstood. That's the place that gives us more insight. Not so much when everything's going along smoothly and well, but it's when there's a crack somewhere and maybe somebody doesn't approve of us or, you know, criticizes us in some way. And we find ourselves pulled into old ways of behaving or old arguments, the same ones we've had countless times over and over. That's a red flag, isn't it? When we get very defensive or angry right back, I think that is a sign for us that, yeah, I think more healing is needed here. How we react when we're not appreciated or loved in the way that we want to be loved. Yeah, all that information shows up in our relationships. And it's really a sign that we're ready for more inner healing. We carry a lot of brokenness, a lot of hurt. We carry a lot of unresolved pain. And sometimes it doesn't take much to make us snap. Well, today, we have an account of two sisters, and one happens to be snapping at the other. It's an account of uh, two sisters that uh, invite Jesus to dinner, and there is some tension in the household. Of course, Jesus takes this tension, as he always does, and uses it as a teaching opportunity. And this is a passage from Luke chapter 10, and it's very short. It's a very short narrative. Basically, Jesus is having dinner with his good friends, Mary and Martha and Lazarus. This were two sisters and a brother. They were very, very close, by the way, to Jesus. And he would often be with uh, this threesome when he wasn't doing his teaching and whatever else he had to do. You know, when you want some downtime, you, there's certain people that you really love to just be with. Well, this was Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And Martha, the eldest sister, is busy getting ready for Jesus. And uh, presume, you know, in those days, it was always the women that did the cooking. Remember, this is 2,000 years ago, very traditional roles. So it would be Martha and Mary traditionally would be getting ready for dinner. So Martha's doing what would be expected for a woman 2,000 years ago in that culture. 
she's preparing for the guest. And she's getting a bit hassled by this whole thing because she notices that her sister is sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to what he has to say, meaning she's put her place, she's put herself in the place of a, a disciple. Because that the whole idea was is that when you would sit at the rabbi's feet, you would be listening to what the rabbi was saying. You'd be listening to what the teacher was teaching. And 2,000 years ago, traditionally, that would be that would be the men that would be doing that, right? So there's a couple things that we don't notice right away in this text because things have changed a lot. But the first thing that Mary's done is, is that she has stepped out of the role that she would be expected to do. And she's doing something else entirely different. And this really bugs her sister. This really bugs Martha. It's like, okay, what's going on here? Here am I slaving away and she's sitting in another room listening to Jesus and the teaching. And I'm left with all this work. So she's resentful and she's angry and she's annoyed. And verse 40 says, here's the line, Martha says to Jesus, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work? So she's complaining to him, basically. Here's the tension. She's complaining to Jesus. Look at the way Mary is treating me. She's, she's, not, she's not helping me. So she tries to pull Jesus into the argument. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work? Now, that's an interesting phrase in the original language because it's written in such a way that she expects a yes. She expects a positive answer. So she's trying to draw Jesus into her annoyance. Have you ever had someone do that? Yes, of course we have, right? Someone tries to draw you into whatever they're annoyed about because they, you know, they want some sympathy here. She tries to draw Jesus into her annoyance and do something about her problem. So nowadays we'd say something like, can you believe this, Jesus? She's sitting here doing nothing. I'm running around. Talk some sense into her. Now, of course, Jesus doesn't take that path. But what he does is he replies with the, this line. He says, Martha, you're worried and distracted by many things. There is need for only one thing. And Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. It's like, oh, Martha, you are pulled in a million directions. You're anxious, you're worried, you're distracted. Mary is sitting here listening She's chosen something that's life-giving. She's chosen something that she, this is helping. It's like, this, this, this is life-giving. This is what I need to be doing just now. Jesus said, it's not going to be taken away from her. Yeah, it's interesting to note that 
It's not Martha's serving that's the problem. It's not the fact that she's making the dinner or whatever she's doing. It's the, that's, that's not the problem. The problem is, so she's, it's not that she's, there's nothing wrong in being busy and productive and industrious and serving people and having people in for dinner. There's nothing wrong with hospitality. The problem is she's frazzled and she's anxious and she's driven. Now look in the text uses the word worried. She's so worried about all the arrangements and all the stuff she has to do that she's lost touch of the purpose of the meal in the first place. This is so, so common. You start off with really good intentions and your heart's in the right place. And then somewhere along the, the line, something goes wrong. So when she invites Jesus to dinner, her heart presumably is in the right place, right? It's like, I want to spend time with him. He's my friend. This is, we love to be together. And then something happens, though. Once he gets there, she's all distracted and tied up with a million other expectations that she has put upon herself. So she starts out with good intentions, but she ends up driven and frustrated and impatient, and she ends up resentful. And she shifts the blame onto her sister. Right? We call this projection nowadays. They didn't have that word back then, right? But it's that whole idea that when you're not happy with yourself, when you're not happy with what's going on in your life, when you're not happy with your situation, it's very, very easy to take all that stuff that's going on inside of us and project it on to someone else. And in this case, it's her sister. It's like, look at her. Who does she think she is? Sitting through there and listening. She should be helping me. So she criticizes And Jesus sort of steps in with a, it's a correction, it's gentle, but it's still a correction. It's like, Martha, you know, learn something here. Don't be too quick to blame Mary for your predicament. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be too quick to blame someone else for your predicament. Mary's the one who's free. She's not driven. She's not anxious. She's not, she's not resentful. Okay, if somebody's free and they're not driven, and they're not anxious, and they're not re resentful, uh, that person must be doing something right, right, for the most part. If somebody's going around, they're not anxious, and they're not resentful, and they're at peace, and they're pursuing something that's life-giving, it's like, oh, Martha, maybe you need to stop for a minute here and pay attention. Maybe you need to just stop. Jesus said to her, you're distracted. That's a great word and it's the line 40. Martha, you're distracted. It means in the original language, pulled in many directions. You are pulled in so many directions, Martha. Uh, you, you, you're just, you're so distracted. Nobody really has you. You know, that's what happens actually when we're distracted. When you're pulled in many, many directions, no one fully gets your attention, do they? 
I mean, you can still do things, but you're not really present. You've probably felt that, you know, around certain people. They may, they may be talking to you or trying to listen to you, but you feel like they're not really with you. Yeah, well, it's probably nothing to do with you. It's probably that they are pulled in many directions and they're distracted, so they can't really give anyone their attention. Jesus says, no, Mary has chosen the thing that she needs. She's chosen that. So, worthwhile noting, again, when we're pulled in a million directions and when we're overly scheduled and when we're too busy and when that turns to resentment, it's like, hmm, that's a red flag. That's a red flag. And Jesus is saying to Martha, hmm, not really about Mary, it's about you, right? You have chosen to live this way. You've chosen this. We can, it's so easy for us to get into these habits, right? Isn't it? It's so easy to get into a habit of whatever it is, and we all have different habits, but you know, for Martha, I'm going to guess her habit is to take on too much and to do too much. And for Martha, it's like Jesus is saying, uh, nobody's actually asked you to run around exhausted. Nobody's asked you to do that, Martha. By the way, I should mention, I don't really think this has anything to do with women's roles necessarily. That's a subtext, maybe. I don't really think it's about Mary and Martha I mean, it could just as easily be Martha and Malachi. You know what I'm saying? He's using the biblical name here. I think it's about um, people. I don't think it's just about gender. I think that men can be pulled in a million directions. Uh, I think men can get resentful and angry if other people aren't doing things that, the way that they think it needs to be done. So, yes, this is, a, this is a story about two women, but it really is, I think it's more about abandoning roles that don't serve you well. You know, when resentment kick, kicks in, it's the red flag. Or when stress kicks in, in or anxiety or irritation. It's like, hmm, okay, why, why, am I, why am I suddenly so critical? What's going on here? And again, I think it's just fascinating to notice that Jesus uses everyday common events in families, in friendships, in misunderstandings, uh, in loss, in disappointment as potential growth points for us. It's just in the regular stuff of life that we have these opportunities to grow or not grow, you know, or not, right? Um, we don't always, uh, we're not always open to growth, right? Not always. Yeah. Sometimes you just don't want to look at it for whatever reason. But I think it's worth noting that when people gather in groups, and in this case, Mary and Martha and Lazarus, in this case, it's a family group uh, or, or with friends this is a dinner setting. 
Sometimes these settings, you know, sometimes these gatherings, it doesn't go as well as I'd hoped, you know? Yeah, so very common and so much potential and opportunity to learn a new way of living and relating. It's not easy, of course. You know, there are certain people that can just hook us, right? There are certain situations, certain people, certain groups that just have a way of tapping into our old wounds somehow. And we're more quick to be irritated. We're more, we're, we're fast on being very defensive. And, you know, self-awareness is always the first step. I mean, a big part of spiritual growth is, first of all, just being aware of that. I mean, we have to be aware of it before we can choose a new path, right? A new way that's life-giving. I think one of the things that this passage shows us with Mary is um, sometimes the roles and the duties and the expectations need to be abandoned for a while until we regain our freedom, right? She's not always going to be sitting at the feet of Jesus, right? But in this particular case, she's like, no, I don't want to do what? everyone expects me to do. I don't want to do what my sister does. This is important for me. I need to do this at this time. Kind of a, she must have a bit of a, she's an independent thinker in some way, isn't she? Because she's she's willing to do what she needs to do to look after herself at that time. Martha, on the other hand, it would have been more helpful for her to take some time out, to take a break. Because really we have to be in the right place before we can give well. Otherwise it's a forced labor. So if you really want to help someone, if you really want to be of benefit in someone's life, and some, in many ways you have to be rested and in the right place mentally, physically, emotionally before you can really contribute to that person's life. Otherwise, it's like this forced labor. So Martha is doing this. She's kind of pushing herself to do things. She's pushing herself to have this dinner right. And then she flips over into anger and resentment. It can happen so easily. Mary, on the other hand, at this particular point, she discerned what was truly important. I need to sit down and listen to this. This is amazing. This is so life-giving. This is so life-giving to me. I need to do this, which is another thing that's worthwhile pondering. What is it that is truly life-giving? What is it that nurtures your spirit? What is it that opens your heart? What is it that puts you in a position where you can receive from God? 
or things. It doesn't have to be one thing. What are these things? Well, one thing we need, of course, is space, because you need to have some time to think about that, right? But for Mary, yeah, she discerned what was truly important. It's like, yeah, Mary, you get to question others' expectations of you. You get to question that. And she did. She said, I don't want to help. I don't want to do that tonight. I have to be here. I have to be here. And it seems as though the more you change and grow and the more independently minded you become, the warning is you may well be criticized like Mary. In other words, the family might not understand, right? You've stepped out of your role. The company might not understand. The family might not understand. The workplace might not understand. Just because you get healthy and do what's right for you, it doesn't necessarily mean you're affirmed. But that's the price you pay, right? She knows what's valuable. She knows what's life-giving. This refreshes me. Right? What is it that puts you in a position to receive? What is it that softens you and opens you? And sometimes we have to sit with that question for a while because we're not sure because we're so frazzled. Sometimes we have to sit with that question for a while because we get into the habit, like Martha, of doing, doing, doing. Another hand, Mary, yeah, she teased apart what's a priority here and what isn't. And she's not held captive by others' expectations. She's free. She's free. She's abandoned the role that isn't life-giving. Aren't you going to help me? Aren't you going to do this? Shouldn't you be peeling some potatoes at this point? What are you doing? No. No, 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 not today. I wouldn't miss this for the world. No, Martha, I wouldn't miss this for the world. It's priority. It's choice. Yeah, when you just think about the roles we play, not necessarily good nor bad, but I mean, you know, maybe there is a peacemaker. Maybe you're the peacemaker in the group. It's a good thing, right? It's a good thing to be a peacemaker, right? If I have the gifts to work with the more challenging members of the group, that's a worthwhile thing to do. But again, you know, it's always that boundary. Wisdom knows when to step back and say, not today, not today, or not again. This isn't helpful. Get, I'm getting resentful today. It's going to be different. I need some space. I need another perspective. I need some quiet time. Maybe you're the easygoing one. You love to help. But, you know, sometimes you feel taken advantage of. Wisdom steps in and says, yeah, not today. Not today. Wisdom says, I need some space. I, 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 need, to just, I need to just sit at the feet of Jesus. And I don't want to be pulled into all the anxieties of people around me. I don't want to get pulled into 
all Martha's issues, we would say today, right? Or maybe you're the super responsible, hard-working achiever. Nothing wrong with that, really. But if I'm resentful, something's wrong. It's, you know, it's when we get resentful. Keep on feeling the same things over and over again, and it starts to, you know, it's like a pressure cooker. It's like a pressure cooker. Mary models the freedom to choose the better part. So for us, it's like, okay, what's the better part for you? Whatever it is that you are, whatever place you find yourself in, what is the better part? Now, the traditional answer to this is, by the way, well, she's sitting at the feet of Jesus, which means that she's She's listening to his teaching, which translates as uh, we need to pray more, we need to read our Bible, we need to um, go to church or something. Uh, I would caution against that um, understanding. Is it accurate? Yes, but there's. It's. I think the heart of the issue is what do you find life giving? Right? It's not just a case of, oh, sitting at the feet of Jesus means you read your Bible. If you're the type of person that reads your, the Bible and you get nothing out of it, you just get so frustrated because you don't understand it, then that's not going to be the answer for you at this time. Right? The scripture may well open up to you in the future, but that might not be where you are today. So it's really about presence. It's really about the presence of God. What puts you in a place where you can hear and receive. That's what it means, I think, the the larger understanding of what it means sitting at the feet of Jesus. And it's not one particular thing because we all find life in different areas, right? Maybe you'll pick up your guitar and, I don't know, write a song, right? Maybe you'll paint, Maybe you'll take the dog out, you know. Um, but you do need quiet. You need, you need some quiet space to reflect on these things. Martha can't help doing what she's doing. She's so programmed and she's rigid. And rigidity does not serve us well. That drivenness does not serve us well because that really is just a sign to us that we're not free. Yeah, a healthy, spiritual, emotional life always moves us. It's, it's always pushing us toward emotional freedom. Remember Jesus' words, I've come that you might have life, right? I've come that you might have life, not, not that I've come that you might be burdened more. No, it's like I've come that you might have life. You see, you always know when you're talking to someone who's stuck in the Martha syndrome because whatever suggestion you give that one to ease their problem, they'll have a reason why it'll never work, right? Every suggestion, you ever had been in a conversation, you, someone's hurting in some way and you give them a suggestion and they counteract it and you give them another suggestion and they counteract it and another one, another. Yeah, it's a sign. It's an indirect way of saying, I'm not ready to change yet. I'm not ready to change yet. 
And that's just the way it is. It's neither good nor bad, it just is. The person needs more time. And it could be ourselves, right? It could be ourselves. When we, when we keep on finding excuses to stay in that Martha place of drivenness and distraction, if we're rationalizing, it's like, oh, okay, then, then we're not ready to move on to the next part. That's just the way it is. Wait till you get tired. When you're tired, when we're tired, we will take the next step. Yeah, it's all about inner freedom. Or another word for it is peace, right? Inner peace. That's what we want. We want inner peace. Shalom, right? What does the better part look like? What is that look? What is life giving to me? When I'm exhausted, when I feel like nobody's helping me, when I feel like no one sees me, Jesus is saying, yeah, okay, stop, stop. There is another way. There is a choice here. We can forget that there's a choice. We can forget that. So it's like, oh yeah, there's the prayer, there's the heart cry. <laughs> Help me to move toward that which is life-giving. You know, it's just a step closer to God, isn't it? All good things come from God. Help me to take one step toward that which is life-giving. Well, thank you for joining me. You have been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.